Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we switch back to 2017. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? It's going great. You know, um, you know how there's like those things that gets stuck in your head for whatever reason, like commercial jingles or stuff like that. Sure. So, um, one, do you remember the one year ago? Uh, our the episode we put out for the Fourth of July was about ranking uh like our favorite nintendo kids or maybe not even ranking maybe we we're just talking about them yeah sure okay mm -hmm. and the reason i remember it is because either our cold open or the way we pitched it or something like that was like we celebrate our, the country's independence by ranking our favorite nintendo dependence and for yeah. whatever reason like that has stuck in my head um forever and so i will always commemorate the fourth of july for that reason uh, it's good wordplay. It's uh, better than the joke we just did at the top of the show. <laughs> they're all um, good jokes. They're all good jokes. Look, there's if the uh, if this show has demonstrated nothing else, it's that there's no such thing as a bad joke. You just <laughs> you just tell it and move on. You have a great time. Um, speaking of things that you can just move on and have a great time with, my copy of Sonic Forces. Would you like to borrow it? You can. All you gotta do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com gmail and send us. Give us. Give, reveal to us a mailing address <laughs> where we can send you my copy of this game for the Switch. You play it for as long as you want. You send it back. It doesn't cost you anything. It's the perfect borrowing program. Yeah, you must reveal your address to us. Don't make us guess. Yes. If we were to do a program where we just went through the phone book and started mm -hmm. with like um, Arthur Adams and then was just yes. like mailing it one at a time to each person, that would be an entirely different program potentially still a good program but not the program we have going on we would have to see if the program was a success i would recommend changing its name from the sonic forces borrowing program to the guess my address sonic <laughs> forces borrowing program because the guessing the address seems like a bigger feature of it i guess is what i'm saying well also like an important part like a, another important distinction would be like right now people who sign up for the sonic forces borrowing program are voluntarily Yes. Requesting Sonic Forces. And I think 100%. like if you are sending Sonic Forces unwillingly to somebody through the mail or unwittingly, you are weaponizing Sonic Forces. Right. And look, we don't want to impose content on anyone. We're not you too. Okay. You opt into Nintendo Cartridge Society at every junction, and we are glad that you do. Um, Mark, should we get into our, our main topic today? Yes. Yeah, let's do it. So perhaps a little bit of explanation is in order. Uh, all of last month, all of June, we were breaking down old Nintendo E3 presentations. These are big stage shows happening at or around E3, and they were all around the 
uh, reveal of a, or if not reveal, like the first deep dive into um, new hardware. We did the DS one, we did the Wii, we did the 3DS, and we did the Wii U. Um, so basically all of the big hardware reveals of the last two decades, with the exception, of course, of the Switch. Now, the Switch was not revealed at uh, an E3 presentation. Uh, and in fact, we talked about this the presentation, the January 2017 presentation on the 17th episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. It exists in the archives. I urge you not to go back and listen to it <laughs> and instead listen to this episode right here and now. Um, I don't think that episode is bad. Mark, do you think that episode's bad? <laughs> I think we'll never find out because I don't. I, 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 Great point. I pledge to never listen to it, and I think our audience is also pledging to never listen to it. And look, it's a good, solid pledge. It's as good as the Sonic Forces borrowing mm -hmm. program. Um, but so today, we look, uh, in, in discussing the, the Wii U reveal, um, you and I were getting a little bit down on it in some places uh, and mostly just being like, man, it seems like all they wanted to have and reveal was the the Switch. Uh, and the Wii U is like so close to being that in so many ways uh, and just isn't. Uh, so we got a suggestion uh, from a listener on Twitter, Jason, uh, at Timmins. Uh, 45 on Twitter. Uh, he, he said, he said, Hey, why don't you do the, uh, this, the switch reveal? Why don't you just talk about that? Uh, and that's a great idea. So that's what we're doing. I have so many, uh, I had forgotten like so much of what happened here and, but it brought back like so many good memories. So this was such a good idea. Thank you so much, Jason. I'm so glad we did this. Yeah. Great, great, great idea. Um, we're not going to, we, we didn't do any like, predictions about this again there's a whole other episode of us uh talking about this and even predicting the week before it happened what we thought what we thought it was going to be um so anyway uh we are just going to dive right in with uh what this presentation was um but before you so you mentioned that uh you really enjoyed watching this presentation this time um just like broad strokes like what what sort of thing struck you about this um so it was, it's interesting, like a lot of it um, at the beginning and at the end are like really like nuts and bolts. Like they spend a lot of time, you know, just like, again, we take for granted now. It's like, yeah, the Switch is old hat. Like we understand it. We know what the yeah. Joy-Con is, all that kind of stuff. But they really take their time in um, doing that. But I think the part that was really fun for me was seeing all the different like Nintendo personalities on stage and like. It was only a few years ago, but I was like weirdly nostalgic. I was like, "Oh my gosh, yeah, K Kimishima!" I totally kind of like forgot about <laughs> I your out like Kimishima. Yeah, yeah, um, about your time as you know Nintendo's president, and just seeing like Takahashi, Koizumi, um, you know, like uh, the reveal of arms, just like all this stuff. It was so much fun. Yeah. I, I, it was uh, such like I think because it was only a few years ago, I thought that I like remembered most of it, but they like started playing the trailer for arms and i was like what is this i could not figure it out for the life of me yeah well and also like as he's leading up to it he's like we've got two games to show you one that's uh one that everyone can play and one that's a little deeper and i was like oh what is this deeper one gonna be? what are they gonna show <laughs> um yeah so i think the thing that struck me uh immediately about this is that um we don't often see uh, presentations from nintendo that are 
this Japanese and this geared towards a Japanese audience. Usually the E3 presentations, they know they're in LA, right? Like Reggie's taking the lead and like, you know, he's, he's marketing it like he's marketing the Bigfoot pizza, right? Um, and this feels a lot more like it is Japanese game developers talking to Japanese game players and the Japanese gaming market. Um, and like, there, there's a moment in the presentation where someone I, I will encounter it uh, in, in the notes, but Bill Trinning comes out and is translating into Japanese. Yeah, and I was just like, oh yeah, <laughs> of course he can do that. Yeah, well, uh, it's you know starting at the very beginning, where you're getting you're in this large conference hall and it's filled with people and it's playing like this like electric electronic music and there's like yeah. lasers and lights going off and then they're showing people in the audience and it's like really buttoned up japanese businessmen like yes. it's such <laughs> a different vibe from like E3 right like i and i do feel like this presentation there was so much writing on the switch like nintendo was in such transition it was coming out of the Wii U and mm-hmm. i i think like even more than, you know, we talked about in the E3 presentations, like Nintendo having a little bit of a chip on its shoulder going into like the DS era and all that kind of stuff, um, feeling like they had a lot to prove. And I feel like they felt the pressure in this one, but they didn't have that like um, sense of like uh, um, combativeness. Like it was all just like, hey, we're like yeah. really open and here's like what we were really excited about this and we just want to show it off. Yeah, I mean, there was no point in this presentation where they were, uh, like, posturing or showing themselves as, like, you know, uh, leaders in the handheld market or, like, um, you know, even the sort of, like, Nintendo's always been about innovation, even though the Switch is the most innovative, like, uh, console they've ever put out, um, that, like, I don't think anyone says innovation in this. I don't think they say that, like, Nintendo's on, you know, Nintendo's coming up with new ga- new ways to play. Like, it's really just uh, showing you what the Switch can do and then, uh, like, oh, I guess telling you what the Switch can do and then showing you the Switch doing it um, is the, the majority of this presentation. It's also just a little bit um, bizarre watching it because... Uh, all you know, the majority of it is in Japanese, and then you're getting like a translator, and so having that like one level removed makes some of it like extremely bizarre. Uh, which like some of it we'll get into a little bit later, but yeah, it like it adds a layer of confusion that um is like it super fun. <laughs> it makes the whole thing really fun. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think I think there's one of the translators who just like was maybe like boxing above his weight or something and like just couldn't quite keep up with a, a few of the um, presenters, uh, especially as they strayed from uh, prepared remarks. Uh, but at the risk of getting too specific about something that happens 45 minutes into the presentation, <laughs> should we start at the tippity top? Yeah, because again, uh, Tatsumi Kimishima, who was the president of Nintendo in this like transitory period. And yes. I, I am sad to say I forgot about. Yeah, I forgot about him too, but he comes out and he's like leading the charge here. Um, and, uh, you know, the the first thing he does is bring up the uh, like kind of quick uh, trailer, the first video that I guess launched in October. Um, would it may, That may have been around the time of our second or third episode <laughs> of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Which is outrageous. Um, And, uh, you know, he's sort of just like giving a state of the, here's the state of the hype at present. Like, if there is any flexing that Nintendo's doing here, it's in this moment. 
saying there have been a lot of positive responses to the things that we showed in this trailer. And here's what we showed. We showed the Switch. We showed the dock. We showed the Joy-Con grip. We showed two Joy-Con controllers and the Pro Controller. So they're like, all of that, he's, he's like, okay, that's where we are. That's where we're starting. And now we're going to like dig into what makes this thing so special. And I can't, the very first thing he does is give the release date, which, Mark, do you remember, was this a bombshell at the time? Because we're in January right now. And they, the release date is March 3rd. It's less than it's two months away. Well, we less than two months away. We knew that it was coming by the end of the fiscal year, unless they were going mm. to delay it again, because we knew that. Like it was supposed to launch at the end of 2016, and then they delayed it. But they said that it was still coming at the end of fiscal, and it was possible that they, which means for Nintendo's fiscal sure. year ends at the end of March. So we knew that it was going to be released before the end of March, unless they delayed it again. But yeah, so but it was still. I mean, it was still like the fact that it was coming the third. The fact that, like, right out of the gate, like, five minutes into this presentation, he's like, here's the date, here's the price, right? And, like, here's something about, like, online. It's They're not saving it to the end. They're, like, almost, like, getting that business out of the way. Yeah. And then they're getting into, like, the meat of what makes it interesting. Uh, it's funny that you say that, that, that they're not holding it because there is a date that they hold until the final frame of the presentation uh and of course we will get to that when we get to that uh but yeah it, it's interesting that they start off with such a like straight up here's when we're putting out the switch here's what it costs and there's uh there's a little bit of a, a pop for the japanese price like there's uh applause in the crowd by the time it's translated to dollars either people have already done the quick math or like nobody cares uh but i did think it was interesting that there was a positive reaction for the price as it was uh listed in japanese um and then you mentioned the nintendo switch online service interesting that this is coming out right away right that that, that they're talking about it uh from the very first like minutes of the presentation um and uh, end up giving a lot of information here that ends up not being true well, at first he was like or partially listing, true. Yeah, he was like listing the yeah. things that it does, and and but at the end he's like, "You'll be able to do this on your smart device." And that's when I was like, "Ah, yes, that is where the chat comes in. That is where like a lot of this stuff and game invites did end up coming, but only recently." Like, um, so like I feel like it is mostly true. Yeah, it it is. It's mostly true it's just so weird to me that like this is one of the first pieces of information that they're putting out about this thing um including like it's free now but it'll be a, a pay service uh in the fall and they ended up pushing that back like a year um and so it's it's just it's an interesting uh thing to lead with when it seems like they didn't even totally have uh, everything worked out on that front yet but I feel like it's a little bit like eating your vegetables up front where they're just kind sure. of like just taking care of business like we know this is going to be a question about it. So like, here's the information that you want, like really clear or not really clear. There was so much unknown about Nintendo switch online, but like, here's the information yes. we're going to share right now. Um, and he does that even like, uh, again, this is another piece where that I take it for granted now, but he then says like, Hey, we're not doing region locking anymore. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, so I, I wanted to talk about this moment where he says like, we know in the past we've done region locking. We have decided that for switch, we will not. Anyway, moving on, and it's just like, well, hold on, wait a minute. Uh, and I don't know that we've ever talked about why Nintendo 
made that decision to not do uh, to do a, a region free console uh, this time around. Um, and I don't I don't I don't know what the reason is. Yeah, I don't really know either, except maybe just the industry had like changed so much. Right. Um, I mean, aren't other like PlayStation 4? That's re- region locked, right? No, 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 I don't think so. Oh, it, it, that's region free as well? Yeah. So I, I think Nintendo was like the last kind of holdout of region locking. And, you know, I hey. feel like it was like one of those holdovers um, when Nintendo was like, you're going to pay us a, like a ton of money because we're making cartridges and, you know, like that kind of like super hyper competitive stance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I feel like this was kind of like the last vestiges of that where they were like, hey, it's a new like world and we're kind of like catching up a little bit. All right. Well, then that makes sense that he would just uh, say that they were fixing the problem and not addressing <laughs> b- because it's been a problem. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like it's it's very similar to what they do in like Apple presentations where like in this most recent one, they're like, you know, you're going to be able to they don't mention it. It just shows up in a slide where they're like, yeah, like this thing that really annoyed you, like now you're going to be able to choose which um, like browser is your uh, like default browser and choose like the email client. But like, we're not going to talk about it because we don't want to like draw a lot of attention to it we're just going to acknowledge that it's a fact and then we're just going to like move on (laughs) you will fill in the gaps of what problem this solves (laughs) on your own uh and then uh shinya takahashi comes out uh and uh, he's one of the like hardware engineers or whatever on on the switch um and he says that the switch has the dna of all past nintendo hardware uh, in its DNA. Um, so, Mark, should we run down these uh, these features uh, kind of one by one? I... So, some of them, some of them are ludicrous. <laughs> <laughs> the GameCube one I wrote down, especially. I really love that one. Uh, so he starts with the Famicom, in that it has two controllers built into it. Which, okay, yes, true. Not our experience with the NES, but okay. Um, the Game Boy introduces portability. Awesome. Uh, the Super NES introducing the X, Y, L, and R buttons. Um, which, uh, amazing to think that that was an innovation at some point. Um, the, the four face buttons and then like bumpers is so standard uh, on everything else now that it's amazing that, uh, yeah, Nintendo had to do that first. Do you ever look at uh, pictures of like the Game Boy Advance and your mind just breaks a little bit because you're like, how does this only have an A and B? Only have two buttons. Yeah, Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) It's got bumpers though. Um, uh, And then the Nintendo 64, the analog stick and uh, rumble. Uh, The GameCube, here's the first one that really trips my flag of like, okay, guys. Obviously, it doesn't have to take something from everything. Uh, they say the handle, uh, <laughs> that even then, they were figuring out how to make a home console portable. Uh, and then he kind of like brushes that <laughs> off. And he's like, ah, and then from the DS, uh, the touchscreen, from the Wii, motion controls, from the Wii U, taking gameplay off the TV. Um, now, Mark, you mentioned the Game Boy Advance. He does not say anything about the Game Boy Advance, that uh, there's no... Game Boy Advance uh, DNA in this. There's no 3DS DNA in this. And criminally, no Virtual Boy DNA (laughs) in the hardware of the Nintendo Switch. Um, but this is a it, it's it's a cute little thing to try and like tie all of or you know like draw a single straight line through all of Nintendo's development to the Switch. And it's also very like we saw a similar thing in. Uh, when Iwata was showing off the DS for the first time, when he was talking about it, and he talked about how, like, hey, like, 
you know, this is the culmination of Nintendo's previous hardware experiences and like did a little bit of running down and being like, this is what we took from here and like all that kind of stuff. So it's interesting to me to see those like kind of like echoes or parallels from their successes in the past. I've got to say, so when Takahashi came out and every like uh, the next couple of presenters that we see, I talked about before uh, in the three presentations, how it was just fun to hang out with our friends and like i totally felt this way with like uh with these presenters as well and i feel like they all had such like very clear personas like i feel like takahashi is kind of like your like nerdy uncle a little bit like he probably works for nasa or jpl or something oh there is no way this is the first hardware presentation he's given it's just the first <laughs> one in front of uh you know cameras live streaming it to the world <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, and I, so what, what I really think is interesting about them laying out how the Switch is like the hardware endpoint of Nintendo's journey, um, and then the rest of the presentation sort of ends up being uh, how the Switch's library is the software endpoint of Nintendo's journey. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll sort of hit on all these points, but like every idea that Nintendo uh, is like really fighting to represent in the presentations that we talked about all last month are just casually mentioned here. You know, uh, a game that you can play with anyone. Uh, it's like this brand new IP like this Splatoon here, Mario. Yes. Zelda, of course. Um, like it's just all, um, you know, it's, it's, you could say that it's missing like some elements of like, uh, you know, big Nintendo, uh, like mythology, but like, uh, Every type of Nintendo game is represented here, and it's all very exciting. Um, okay, so from this point, we just kind of move on to like a Nintendo hardware uh, trailer, um, which is sort of just uh, demonstrating the same stuff that they've been talking about, um, and all just featuring Zelda, right? Just Breath of the Wild is on this thing. Um, Switch and play is what they're talking about, and mostly just the ability to go between handheld and uh, playing on the TV, which, as you mentioned, Mark, is such a... like. Uh, table stakes kind of thing when it comes to playing games on Switch now, um, but uh, was so exciting um, and just sort of to have that confirmed for us uh, in this, like we saw it in that video in October, um, but to have them like saying it and saying like, we know this is a big deal uh, and we know this is what makes this thing different uh, is all super exciting. It's also such contrast to like uh, last week's Wii U presentation where like the kind of like the time spent on the Wii U presentation and the Switch presentation is, is is flipped. Like the Switch is such a clear idea that they don't really yeah. need to be- belabor it. Like they like this is pretty much it. Like the the top of this presentation is where they talk about the hardware, and then then on it's all basically just like ex- like software announcements. Um, because the idea is so clear and it's so obvious to people what like the appeal is. And it could not be more different than the Wii U presentation, where they had to spend so much time convincing, yes, trying to convince people that like this thing like makes sense, and we can't really explain how we're going to use it because we don't even know ourselves, but we just know we have something cool here. Yeah, and I think some of that is also just, I mean, this presentation, like I just said, is six weeks before the machine comes out. Yeah, so that's like, true. You know, like it, they, they, there was no room for ambiguity. There's no room for like, now these are just demos or like these are just <laughs> right. concept pieces. Like, no, we are putting out a bunch of games in, in like a month. 
Um, and so they, they quickly kind of run down um, some sort of like features and specs, uh, the three different play styles, TV mode, tabletop mode, handheld mode, uh, battery life, three and a half to six and a half hours, a little generous, but okay. Um, the USB-C charger, um, the touchscreen, Wi-Fi, and the local wireless play uh, connecting up to eight switches at one time. Uh, and that's when uh, Yoshizaki Koizuma comes out and is like, this is my show now. Um, Koizumi owns this show, and I love it. Oh, he's the total, like, you got Takahashi being your, like, like uh, engineering uncle, and then you have, like, Koizumi, who, like, is your super cool, like, probably, like, plays poker for a living uncle. Yeah, he rides a motorcycle, but it's never gotten <laughs> in an accident. <laughs> Uh, Koizumi comes out and he's like, hey, let me show you the Joy-Cons uh, and starts off by showing you the Joy-Cons in the, the kind of nerdiest configuration, them sitting in that Joy-Con grip uh, and the flash bulbs in the theater go nuts. Everyone wants pictures of Koizumi holding up the Joy-Con grip. Um, uh, he removes both of the uh, the Joy-Cons from the grip and is pointing out individual features, including the uh, uh, near-field reader the for uh, Amiibo, um, the capture button, which uh, is a cool uh, thing that hadn't been present on Nintendo hardware before, um, to you know take screen grabs and eventually video. Um, he points out the individual accelerometers in uh, each of the Joy-Cons, uh, and that each Joy-Con can be used as a fully functional controller uh, and he claims that they feel very natural in the hand. And I'm not, I'm not so sure I agree with that last point. Uh, my favorite part of this whole thing is when he, um, he, he's like, yeah, and you can also just play them, you know, like free-handed. So, and they have like a, a, a couch set up for him to walk over and lay down on the couch to illustrate like how you could be just like relaxing on the couch, but playing games with like two, two, uh, two Joy-Con, in, one in each hand. He lays on this couch for, it's gotta be two and a half seconds <laughs> someone had to wheel that couch onto the stage and then wheel it away just so we could demonstrate this um have you uh do you ever play like that with the joy-con separated and just like hands all like thrown all over the no place? no i for whatever reason i find it really like uh i am uncoordinated that way <laughs> like i like i it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like if i'm playing a game where like controls matter like i don't feel like i'm like as in like the zone or as like yeah. tight when i'm playing like that um totally uh 100% i i've played um animal crossing with the split joy cons uh usually when sarah is playing with the pro controller and she like tags me in so i can run around the island with her then i'll just pull the joy cons off uh and you know not go looking for the grip i'll just play with them uh, in separate hands but even then like my hands just sort of end up in my lap next to each other so like and like I fake the grip when I don't have it. <laughs> uh, then Koizumi, uh, you know, like, like I said before, is is like okay. So these uh, these Joy Cons uh, allow you to play uh, games in different ways. Uh, I'm about to show you two games. Uh, one is the type of game that you can play with anyone, and the other type of game is a game oh, no, that sorry. requires I, more depth. Yes. Before we get there, we g would be remiss if we did not talk about the reveal of HD Rumble. Ice cubes, baby. Uh, oh, yes, yes, that's right. That's right. Ice cubes in a glass. Um, 
That's right. I'm sorry. I, I, I went right over it. Also, the, the IR camera, uh, which can tell if you're doing rock, paper, or scissors with your hand. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, the, uh, the ice cubes in a glass was like mysterious at the time, right? Uh, and one of those things that I'm not sure anyone thought was right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or was accurate. Um, that you would actually be able to feel like a, a, a simulated different number of cubes in your Joy-Con. Well, I mean, it is, it is important to one of the games that we're yes. just about to talk about. Um, but I don't know. It's it's The other thing that was interesting about having Koizumi come out is that like I forgot that he is in charge of Nintendo software now. Like That is yes. his job. Like He's over all of Nintendo software. Yeah. Um, and actually, I guess I, I sort of uh, bypassed this whole section here where instead of it being a stage presentation, it goes to video. Uh, and again, it's one of these crazy Nintendo things where uh, there's a man on stage presenting information and then the lights go down on him and up on a video of that same man, <laughs> so, uh, which is just weirdly disorienting. Um, but it, yeah, it's, it's, it, it is a cool video and they're doing like all these like uh, effects on it, like the um, this glass of, uh, of ice and then water. Um, and you know, he takes it and takes a sip. Um, he reveals the blue and red Joy-Con. Uh, and he says that the expressiveness that the, that the Joy-Con themselves are expressive and it's that expressiveness that invites the player to pick up the controller, which is one of the things that they are. And especially as we get into one, two switch here, where they're like leaning into the idea that, uh, the controller expresses a part of the gameplay, like in addition to the screen and sound, right? That like that is you're getting information from the controller in like a meaningful way. Um, one two switch, we're there, right? Gets a weird uh, trailer. Um, weird, weird on two counts. Uh, the first being that it starts off as like a sort of self serious like cowboy, uh, like dual high noon situation um and then goes into gameplay but you wouldn't know that it's gameplay because it's all like actors like one two switch as a game looks so weird that i i know i didn't realize that what we were watching was the actual thing that appears on the screen oh yeah that's actually that's a really good point but that makes sense because like so um uh, Koyuchi Kawamoto, who's the producer of the game, and then also just like the general hardware director for Switch. So he comes out to talk about the game. And the part that I forgot that was all like, I remember leaving this presentation and, or like having watched it and being like, oh, that's really interesting. But I don't think about it when I think of 1 2 Switch anymore. Is that there, the whole idea behind it is like, you don't have to look at the game. You set it yeah. up, like, but then like, you're looking at your opponent through like all the activities you're doing. And I forgot that that was like part of the whole pitch. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's really interesting. They, they mentioned it as a, they uh, made it as they, they thought it would be a staple for parties uh, or for use as an icebreaker. And like, unfortunately in a party situation, it's just too dang quiet. Uh, so much of what uh, one, two switch offers is like, 
the you're cued off of the sound, right? Like that's how you know when to draw. That's how you know when to do like so many of uh, the individual things. But like if you're in a party situation, if there's any noise at all, you know, and you've told like everyone else to quiet down so you can play this game, then it's okay. Um, but uh, otherwise, it, it falls kind of short of that. Um, and really, one to switch. Uh, would kind of just be like an interesting um, like kind of social tech demo more than anything else. Um, but it, it's cool to see them like lead off with it and know what it is. And the next game, ARMS. And this was one where like when the trailer starts, it's like a, um, like a kind of like muscular man wearing like a suit, uh, button down shirt and a tie comes out. And then this um, younger woman comes out. And then they like they just kind of square off for a really long time, and then their arms start going all like springy, and they start punching each other. Anyways, uh, the short of this is that when they actually got into the gameplay, I was like, man, like Arms is a really fun looking game. Like this is a fun world. Yeah, yeah, and you know when that tune kicks in, and you're just like, oh yeah, Arms, uh, and it, it just it's cool now to look back at the very first time that we got any indication that there was a game called arms um and it's it, it's a cool trailer it's it's really cute I, I i like it a lot um the do you have the the name of the gentleman that then comes out and is talking about arms I didn't oh uh um kosuki yabuki i think yeah i, bl- I believe that's correct um he describes it as a as a fighting sports game like boxing but also like shooting uh because you're like throwing the punches all the way across the screen they're really leading with the motion controls here uh in fact i don't know if they mentioned that you can play the game without uh you know like actually punching but like um th- i guess that's just not something that in this moment they were concerned about communicating about this thing. I think they were really uh, trying to show off what is, uh, if not uh, good about the uh, Joy-Con, what is unique about them. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and uh, then also getting the uh, information that ARMS releases in the spring, which is uh, very soon. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the fun things about this presentation was just like, through all of it it's like boom like there are so many games coming in 2017 and some yeah. you know like would be revealed later that we didn't even know about at the time uh and then they also mentioned that arms marks the debut of nintendo's newest characters uh, and i uh just sort of like made a mental note of that because this is also the week now in real life uh <laughs> and not in 2017 but in 2020 that min min comes to smash like sort of cementing that like oh yeah the this this was not a weird fever dream we all had together uh <laughs> arms is a nintendo game with nintendo characters uh next up mark uh splatoon 2 uh do you want to walk us through uh what well first they they show like a a trailer uh for for it and man i tell you i cannot remember what is a new feature or new weapon in splatoon 2 versus splatoon 1 um, but they are making like very specific points to show us so many things in that trailer. And I can't remember why any of them would be special at this point. <laughs> well, it was interesting because I remember leading up to the reveal of um, the Switch that the rumors were was that like Splatoon 2 was potentially not a sequel. It was like a Mario Kart 8 deluxe type situation where it was like kind of yeah. like a, a deluxe version of the first game. So when it was revealed to be like a full sequel, like a true Splatoon 2... Um, that was like really unexpected and really surprising. 
Um, yeah, it, it is really. I I still sort of feel like it skirts the line between like um, you know big overhaul and like a genuine sequel. Um, but you know it 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 has enough. It has enough to be a, a genuine sequel. Um, then Hisashi Nogami comes out uh, and is wearing a lab coat and sunglasses and holding splat dualies, the like new uh, dual wielding gun from the game. Uh, and he does this whole spiel in character as though he is studying <laughs> the squids in universe. Um, and uh. It's so weird. It's I love absolutely it. delightful. It's so he's a researcher at the Squid Research Lab, and I forgot that this was a bit that he does. And they continue this like later, like when we learn about the game and like have other directs and stuff. This is a bit that like continues, and this is a part where like it is surreal, anyways, and it is doubly surreal because of the translator. Because, yes. um, you know, like Nagami is speaking in Japanese and then there's a translator who's like doing his best to keep up. So like Nagami's up there doing this kind of like uh, in and I mean this in like the best way possible because I cannot express how much I enjoyed this. But like kind of like elementary school, um, you know, yes. like presentation assembly, like like thing up there where he's wearing like a lab coat and um and at the same time, the uh, the translator's, like, struggling to keep up with him. Like, there's a part where he goes, like, uh, Nagami goes, like, Splatoon 2. And then, uh, you know, the translator is, like, a little bit behind. And then he tries to do it, but he's doing it in his, like, monotone, like, translator voice. And it just yes. gives the whole thing this, like, air of the bizarre that is so much fun. Well, it's also uh, funny because uh, Nagami does uh, this like this pose where he's like looking <laughs> like the number two, and uh, he does that once and s- starts a sentence which the translator goes Splatoon two, and then like Nagami keeps talking and he goes, uh, and then the translator's like uh, is planned for launch, and then there's another like big pause and he goes this summer <laughs> so like i wonder how much of that was what the dude actually said and how much he was like this is what i have in my notes <laughs> so i'm just gonna say i'm gonna assume that he's stuck to the script um anyway it's it's all very charming and i i like um th- there's a moment uh during this where nagami points out um how you use like the mini map in the game um because that was one of the big things that i was sort of reticent about um, from carrying over from the first game on the Wii U is that uh, you could teleport anywhere on the map by looking down at the gamepad and just like tapping it. Um, and so like knowing that the Switch would need to work oh, out a solution for that. Oh, I wondered why he made a big deal about that. That seemed like such a yeah, weird function to like call out. That makes so yeah. much sense. Yeah, it'd be one of those like hyper specific things like, here's how you do battle in Twilight Princess, where it's like, okay, guys, move on. <laughs> You know, the the thing I really loved about this and really like that I liked about the entire Switch presentation is, um, you know, on Tuesday we were talking about from a listener suggestion, like the beginning of the uh, 2015 E3 presentation where like 2014, I believe. Oh, was uh, the one right? that with like the, where the listener suggested we watch like the first like 10 minutes of it because it had like, yeah, yeah, 2014, but or whichever one it was. But anyways, like the important part was like we talked about how like charming and like funny those presentations were and like that's what we remember about them and it is um like reassuring in an odd way to me to see like Nint- uh, nintendo's having this big business presentation right in a 
room that's like full of Japanese businessmen that is basically yes. like, hey, this is our plan for the company. But then they also have like the confidence to just be like, and here's Nagami, like coming out dressed in a lab coat and sunglasses, like kind of just like being goofy and weird. And th- that's there's something that I really love about that. Yeah, there's something a little bit like chaotic and a little bit just like you can't control Nintendo. Like they're they're gonna do this, you know. Um, and then uh, Koizumi like kind of comes out next to uh, tee up the next thing, and he plays into it too. He goes, "Well, what squid do you think?" And it's just like, <laughs> man, that that is some forced wordplay. And I don't know how that translates, but <laughs> uh, but I, I appreciate that he he's being silly with it as well. Um, but the the next trailer that he cues up, man, I was not ready to see the like big reveal trailer for Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, and I got so happy when it opened on just like, you know, panning around a calm New Donk City. Which I think we had seen a glimpse of New Donk City at the October reveal or something. Like we had seen a little bit previously. Yeah, we had just seen a little bit of that and the um the Desert Kingdom uh in the uh in the October video, but like it was, you know, like less than a second of each. Yeah, like and so seeing it all just get blown and I can I totally agree with you. Like there are so many good games in this presentation and it just made me really want to play Odyssey again. Yeah, me too. Like really really badly. Um uh and all the all that this trailer does really is show Mario running around the world, jumping and playing awesome Mario music. Like it's and, and you know I guess it, it just by virtue of like sampling so many different areas in uh, Mario Odyssey, it's also showing off the huge variety of art styles in that game. Um, and just like yeah, it's it's such an impressive showing. I got like. I was like moved and was like, I want to play Mario Odyssey again. Like even had the thought of uh, I should go and like delete my save and just start over. Um, and just, ah, man, I love that game. And uh, obviously this is a good trailer for it. Yeah. And it's also like um, looking back, we see how much it revealed, but at the time how little we knew because this is like the reveal of Cappy. And the idea that, like, you know, like, Mario's hat is a sentient being for this ver- uh, this game. But they're not revealing the capture mechanic here at all. Um, like, the fact that you spend so much of this game taking over different enemy bodies just doesn't even come up here. Like, all that, like, the, uh, the eyes appear on Mario's hat. And then when we come back, Koizumi is wearing a hat with Mario eyes, uh, with Cappy eyes on it. Um, but, like... And they're just like, uh, you know, that's this. Well, I wonder if this means anything. And then they're like, okay, moving on. <laughs> I think it's interesting that, um, you know, like Koizumi, like we talked about, is the head of all software for Nintendo, but that he's also, he was also a producer, the producer of yeah. um, Mario Odyssey. And he specifically calls out that it's like kind of a return to the more open worldness of uh, Mario 64 and Super Mario Sunshine uh, versus, like, the Galaxy kind of, like, more, um, uh, like, course-based games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he also mentions that uh, they... The one of their guiding ideas for the game was that they wanted it to feel like when you visit an unknown country for the first time, um, that there is like a sense of uh, exploration, of discovery. Um, and you know, I think Mario Odyssey definitely delivers on that. It's cool that they are able to 
uh, like pinpoint that and communicate it in something like this. And then again, uh, holiday 2017 is when they were uh, targeting this game. So it's another like, and you're playing it this year, um, which is just awesome. Um, next, a, a pair of trailers, uh, first for Xenoblade Chronicles 2, um, and it looks like a Xenoblade Chronicles trailer. I don't really know what else to say about it. <laughs> um, and then just the slimmest of teases for Fire Emblem Warriors. Yeah, that was that was interesting. What I th- uh, For the Xenoblade Chronicles trailer, what I thought was interesting is that at the time, they didn't call it... They just called it Xenoblade 2. There was no, like, Chronicles in the little uh, oh, interesting. card that they showed. Uh, but And it was, of course, my favorite slash least favorite type of uh, RPG trailer where it's just, like, non-sequiturs being shouted at people. Um, but, uh, yeah, fi- at first I wrote down, I was like, oh, Koei Tecmo. And I th- couldn't remember if it was a tease for Fire Emblem... Uh, like the Three next houses. Fire Emblem game, yeah. or it turned out to be Fire Emblem Warriors, because when they show the logo, it's all in Japanese. So until somebody actually says, like, uh, hey, and the, this is uh, Fire Emblem Warriors, I was like, oh, right. I forgot that game existed. Uh, well, it also looks like um, it is uh, either Krom or like one of the. I, I think it is a character that uh, does not appear in Three Houses that they show. Like, it's just like a glimmer. There's like a, a shield and like the the five like kind of uh, gems or whatever they are that like appear on it, and then like a dude holding a sword, but mm-hmm. it's like close up on the on the hilt in the hand, um, and then like it gets out of there. Um, so it's sort of just to be like, and, and don't worry, um, Xenoblade and Fire Emblem are coming to this thing. Um, so the, anyway, those are just like teases of like other Nintendo first party, um, uh, and, and what they're working on. Um, and then, uh, they mentioned that over 50 companies are working on games for switch, uh, with over 80 games in development, um, including, uh, Square Enix with Dragon Quest 10 and Dragon Quest 11, just in Japan, and then Dragon Quest Heroes 1 and 2. Um, it's weird that they're... Not weird, uh, but I was surprised to see them talking about Dragon Quest XI in 2017. Well, we knew that it was coming, or at least it was announced uh, for for NX, like, way, way, way lots of, like, many years ago. So even before the Switch was the Switch or anything, like, it was known that Dragon Quest XI was coming, and then we didn't hear anything for a very long time. Um, did Dragon Quest Ten come out in Japan? I think so. Yeah, I, I think it's on okay. pretty much like I think it's on mobile as well. Like I think okay. Ten is still going strong over there. And they were just like, now nah, there's no reason for us to bring that to the West. Yeah, because it was a it was a Wii release originally, and wow. uh, so they've supported it through multiple because it's an MMO. And yeah. yeah, like Dragon Quest isn't big enough. The amount of like translation you would have to do, the servers, like all of that, like there was no real chance that it was going to come make it here. Um, and then there is a uh, moody trailer for an Atlas game, which ends up being the for the new Shimigami Tensei, which is also a game that hasn't come out yet. Um, but they they mentioned that development has only just begun, uh, and so like it's one of those like so you're lucky to even have this trailer <laughs> <laughs> situations. But the trailer is just like uh, kind of a spooky office building, and then like it pans over and there's like a bunch of uh, sexy furries standing over there, uh, like just looking at the camera, and you're like, oh, all right, I, I don't know what any of this is. <laughs> and then like the camera like cuts again, and then it's a a dude who I 
assume that if you're familiar with the Shin Megami Tensei games, you're like, ah, yes, it's that person. But to me, it was just like someone in blue-ish, white-ish armor who, you know, like turns to the camera. And um, yeah, like this is a game where since it's been teased here, there's been a lot of questions of like, we haven't heard anything really since other than, you know, like occasional comments from Atlas that they're working on it. But I guess like it's only been three years, really. And if they just started in 2017, it's not yeah. that crazy. I mean, I think that's the thing to really uh, like keep driving back to is that uh, at the time of this presentation, uh, they had just they had just started working on it. Um, then the the next thing uh, is we go back to Square Enix um, and we get a uh, Octopath Traveler uh, trailer. Is this the first time that we are? It's they're still calling it Oct- Project Octopath Traveler. Amazing. Um, uh, but this is the first time we're seeing this game, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, this is the this is the true reveal of it. And yeah, I think it's so funny that it's called Project Octopath Traveler. It reminds me when we saw the Nintendo DS presentation and Reggie was like, and this is releasing in a few months with like a new name and like a real good price. And then it was like, nope, it's just a Nintendo DS. And then for Project Octopath Traveler, they're just like, nope, it's just Octopath Traveler. Lose the, lose the project. <laughs> Um, and I, I remember this showing really well at the time um, because that art style is stunning. And when you're only looking at it for, you know, like 30 seconds and it's surrounded by all this other um, sort of more traditional looking stuff, uh, it's amazing. Uh, and again, uh, Project Octopath Traveler is a game that no one has ever finished and no one ever will finish it. <laughs> uh, then we have a representative from uh, Sega come out and say that... Uh, you know, he intends to present other uh, games on the platform. It's a real soft commitment. Um, not announcing any games here or anything like that, but just being like, yeah, I'm excited about it as a uh, as a publisher and as a developer. I think it's really cool. Yeah, it's like the in like, you know, in the previous E3 presentations we watched, they usually they had like a, uh, a sizzle reel of all these developers like talking about it. And this is like the real life version of that where they're just like, yeah. and this person's excited and this person's excited. Well, let's, let's keep, uh, let's keep knocking out the, those individual, this persons, and we can talk about how excited they actually are. Uh, next is Todd Howard from Bethesda, um, who is basically playing out the joke of, uh, can you play Skyrim on it? Um, but this time for the switch, uh, and, you know, he he mentions that it it's it's good to be working with Nintendo again, um, as though like there's some sort of like relationship that has either like opened up here or been like you know you know bridges that have been mended or forged in the first place. You don't forge a bridge, but I know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> Uh, and I think that we've seen that from Bethesda has that they've actually been pretty good about supporting the Switch with their like their current generation software yeah this was a really another like one that was really interesting to watch with the benefit of hindsight because you're like oh like even at the time i was like that's awesome that skyrim is coming to switch like portable skyrim that is awesome that's so exciting we had no idea that just a few months later they'd be like showing off doom for it and yet they've been great about um like supporting games as close to day and date as they've like been able to like with uh the wolfenstein game and Doom Eternal is coming. Mm-hmm. Like Bethesda, like actually someday, meant it. <laughs> someday, right? Yeah, theoretically, um, which I'm really excited for. Like I am looking forward to that game and playing it on Switch. So uh, yeah, like Bethesda's support has actually been like really cool and impressive. 
Yeah, and especially in comparison to uh, a representative that we're going to get to um, in just a second. First, we have to discuss uh, Suda51 uh, coming out and uh, the translator being incapable of keeping up with this guy. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's it, do we want to blame the translator? Do we want to blame uh, Suda? It doesn't matter. Um, so little of what Suda is saying actually uh gets translated to us um mostly he's just like hey there's going to be a new travis touchdown game uh, and then there's a uh, an image of um travis touchdown behind him wearing a shirt that says travis strikes again um and, or travis strikes back whatever the name of i that think game it's was. again yeah yeah travis strikes again uh and he says uh, uh the we haven't decided on the title of the game yet as he's pointing at the name of the game <laughs> it's another project dr Pack picture. traveler situation it totally is yeah <laughs> look uh, once you name something even temporarily like that's just its name you start calling it that you're not going to change that everything else is going to sound weird uh, I actually remember after this presentation, articles came out where they talked to the translator, and he was saying that it was like Suda was completely off script, and so he yeah. was just trying to like do it live, and I think it was really challenging in those situations because Suda's like jumping <laughs> around and like saying his catchphrase and doing all this kind of stuff. Yeah, Suda jumps out like like to scare the audience, <laughs> and then says, and then says, "Oh, I guess it didn't work." Uh, so like like. <laughs> This poor translator like had his work cut out <laughs> for him. Uh, and then uh, the the next um, the next presenter here is the the dude from EA. Is this the same uh, dude from the E three uh, Wii U presentation? No, it's not. And I I'm not even sure actually if this guy is at E three anymore. I think E three has EA. had or sorry EA. Yeah, is that EA anymore? I think EA has had like multiple regime changes um, through like through the years that we've been talking about. It's another generic old white guy is what it is. <laughs> Who is very tall. He is an, a very oh, so tall. tall. Yeah. My um, favorite part this of this whole is thing where... is that he says that he's yeah. like, I'm so Bill Trinan is there translating uh, what um, this guy, Patrick Soderlund is saying, translating it into Japanese for the audience. And so this guy will like say his little bit and uh, you know, his anecdote is like, I love Nintendo. Like me and my wife gave, uh, our son the middle name Luigi and then we get to like there's no reaction from the audience and then you get to have like you wait a little bit while Bill is translating it to them and then they react politely at yeah. Luigi <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, and then the the actual announcement is just that they're bringing FIFA over which um, you know FIFA is a big franchise but they're never going to be bringing over like the best version of uh of fifa and then obviously like ea support has been pretty anemic uh for switch i know they've uh committed to releasing you know what seven or nine or so, some number of games uh, on the switch in 2020 but that's three whole years later so like they were showing up for this presentation but not really showing up for the first uh couple years of the system's life yeah i i will say that like it is uh, like i think the reason they brought him and here and why like FIFA is a big deal is because EA totally abandoned Nintendo in the Wii U era. Yeah. Right? Like we saw that presentation where they were like, we're putting Madden on here, like all this kind of stuff. And it quickly dried up and EA like wanted had nothing to do with Nintendo's platforms. So to have him be back and be like, hey, we're bringing like the biggest franchise we have worldwide to Switch, I can see why like they chose him as a presenter. 
It is funny though, and I wonder if like EA is like, yeah, go ahead. It doesn't cost us anything to send a guy to say we're gonna put games <laughs> on the thing, like <laughs> with no real intention of of supporting it in like a meaningful way. Yeah. Uh, then we, we kind of go out here on a sizzle reel of um, a lot of games, uh, and I forget at this point what is uh, reveal and, you know, what is just, like, part of the milieu at this point. But, like, uh, you know, we see Mario Kart 8. We see, like, the battle mode of it. Um, I think that was an information we had at that point. Um, Snipper Clips is featured in, in this reel um, and just, like, a, a handful of other games. A lot of really good ones, a lot of really fun ones, and I can't remember what was news at the time. Yeah, I can't either. But, yeah, there were a lot of really good ones, and I have to preface that because one thing I would, like, pulled out from this, like, surgically, I was like, I think that's steep. I think that's Ubisoft steep. <laughs> <laughs> that shows up for, like, a two seconds in the sizzle reel. Oh, man, Ubisoft is so good at not putting games out. <laughs> <laughs> a port that was announced very early for Switch and w has uh, never been released. And rumors are saying that it was just like technically ended up being a mess. Um, and then uh, uh, the president, whose name is uh, eluding me at this point. What's Kimishima. His name? What's, his name? What's his name? Kimishima comes back out uh, and is... <laughs> I don't know why, like, bringing the mood down where he's like, now we're going to talk about the product configurations. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what do you, what? So basically just telling you what comes in the box Yep. Um, when you buy a Switch uh, that the Pro Controller you buy separately. Um, it's not super exciting stuff. Uh, but then he kicks it over to um, Nintendo of Europe, who is uh, the, a representative there just being like, hey, thanks for watching. I don't have anything to announce or anything <laughs> cool to say. <laughs> and I'm about to be clowned out by Reggie fils <laughs> Um and then they kick it over to Nintendo of America, where, of course, uh, Reggie is, um, uh, he's there to, like, you know, burn the house down with excitement, because um, he's like, Breath of the Wild, we know it's still on the way, um, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about um, its release date in a second, but, oh, look, Mr. Miyamoto is here, and he's, like, playing the game, and, like, oh, Eiji Aonuma is also here, and it's just, like, your three best friends hanging out playing the new <laughs> Zelda game. I love how Reggie is wearing like uh, a suit jacket and yeah. um, you know how like politicians will wear like the American flag pin on in his lapel. He has like an 8-bit Mario pin. It's very like it. I'm the it. ambassador of Nintendo. Yeah. And he is. And I, I do feel like I miss his energy a lot like throughout this thing. But it, it is amazing to hold him for this moment. Um, and it seems like they're about to give out the release date for Breath of the Wild, which again, we didn't like this game had been delayed, 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 delayed. Um, and so like, we all just want to know when we were going to play this thing. It was looking great. Um, and they're like, well, we're going to leave it to Kimishima to uh, announce the release date. Um, but first, here's or do they do they kick it to the trailer or does Kimishima? I think they because like Reggie's like, oh, OK, like uh, Miyamoto, when is this game coming out? And Miyamoto's like, don't ask me, ask him. And so he's like, Aonuma, when is this coming out? And he's like, oh, right. I, I can't tell. Like, I don't know. You'll have to ask like Kimishima. And so they toss to Kimishima. Kimishima's like uh like here's a trailer for breath of the wild oh yeah and he even teases it out uh, even longer where he's like he's like i do have the release date <laughs> but i will get to that in a second um and uh yeah then kicks it to the trailer um 
And uh, again, just in terms of uh, emotional reactions, I was not prepared to have while rewatching a video game presentation from three years ago. Um, this is a stunning trailer. Um, it is such a good demonstration of what this game actually is moment to moment and like peppering it in with all of the like dramatic cool story beats and the music is huge it's just so powerful this trailer rules it's stunning like this and it really this was another one where i was like it really makes me want to like replay this game and it made me so excited that the sequel is coming at some point because um yeah like the trailer is like so beautiful the music is gorgeous and i it just reminded me like all last night i was on cloud nine because i was thinking about breath of the wild and i was like i think this is my favorite game of all time like i don't know that it's like you know like the best game objectively or like a perfect game but like the the my experience playing that game was amazing and i'm a little bit worried where i'm like man like you know i'm at a different place in my life than i was back then like am i gonna be able to like have that same sort of experience when the sequel comes out i mean i'm excited for the sequel as well but like watching this trailer almost made me go like should I go and get lost in Hyrule again? Like, I think it's been long enough that I don't remember my way around. I don't remember how, like, everything in the game works. Um, that just, like, the impulse to, like, delete my save in Mario and start over, um, like, I, I'm kind of getting the hanker in to do Breath of the Wild again. Yeah, I think it's been long enough. Oh, I know, but, like, what if, what if, I mean, Nintendo recently likes to announce games, like, eight weeks before they come out. Like, what if we are living in a world where the Breath of the Wild 2 is coming out this, like, holiday? Mark, there's no way. There's <laughs> no way Breath of the Wild 2 is coming out this year. Like, just none. <laughs> um, and then, of course, they, uh, they end the, the, like, the trailer, like, comes to a proper end. Like, blackout, hold for a second, and then the release date of March 3rd. Uh, this is a Nintendo Switch launch game. Uh, and that's sort of that's sort of the whole ball game, right? Where it's like, here are all these varied and interesting uh, software experiences that you're going to have that are going to be deep. They're going to be inclusive. They're going to be Mario. They're going to be third party. They're going to be Japanese. They're going to be monolith. They're, you know, we, they, we've got all the bases covered and this amazing looking Zelda game. Um, and you know like it's the the story we're still telling now about like oh yeah the switch outsold the playstation 4 and the xbox one in the month of april um put together so like it's i don't know i i watching the end of this thing uh got me so just like pumped up and i was like yeah yeah switch yeah nintendo <laughs> it, it's such a mic drop to the end of this presentation because that's it True. you the, the release date comes up there's the nintendo logo and then it's like bam we are out um like that's it end of presentation stream over with uh the but i i could talk about this trailer forever because like it the mu it's so beautiful. The music in this trailer is so good. Do you know what it reminded me of is um the music that we got because this the music that's in the trailer is amazing. It is not featured in the game. Um and it reminded me of like the tr trailer that we got for Rise of Skywalker, which had like the God, that was amazing just say that. Yeah. arrangement of like you know the uh, Star Wars themes and in like an orchestration we had never heard before and like it, yeah. it got me hyped in the same way that like the Zelda trailer did where we got the that legend of Zelda theme but in like an orchestration we had never heard before and it was so like epic 
Yeah, so epic and so big. Oh, God. <laughs> um, okay, so obviously we loved that trailer, but uh, looking at the presentation holistically, um, I think there are, there are two things I want to discuss about it uh, before we get out of here. Um, one is, do you recommend that anyone go back and like check this thing out um, if maybe they hadn't seen it uh, or haven't seen it in three and a half years like you and me? Yeah, I feel like it's like there are parts that are weirdly dry, but I... I, I I don't know if like it's just my experience and I don't know if other people would have this experience as well but even just watching them like like delineate the features of the Joy-Con I found to be enjoyable and comforting yeah. in a strange way and so I found this entire presentation to be incredibly watchable. Yeah, I mean for I I had a lot of uh emotional reactions watching this thing. Um, and I realized I, so much of um, my 2017 is tied up in uh, my experience with the Switch and my experience with you doing this show, um, but also my experience with uh, my, my buddy Andrew, um, where his, um, in 2017, his parents' house burned down. He lived in uh, Santa Rosa, California, or his parents did. He lives in D.C. Um, and... Uh, I, the 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 house burned down in, in 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 the fires out there, and I went up one weekend to like help him dig through the like sort of ashes of his parents' house. Like the thing just burned all the way to the ground, right? Um, and um, you know, it was one of those things where like I I left at like a moment's notice, and it was the weekend that Breath of the Wild or not Breath of the Wild that um Mario Odyssey came out, and so like Sarah went to pick it up from Best Buy because I had it on uh, pre order and they needed like me to send a, a copy of my ID or, you know, like it was a, it was a big dumb like ordeal. Um, but like, it'll always be locked in my brain when I went to uh, help Andrew and, and his parents, because it was the weekend that uh, it was October 27th, the weekend that Mario Odyssey came out. Um, and like earlier in the year, uh, after Zelda had come out, um, we were, it, Andrew and I were both in Chicago for our friend's wedding and we were playing a ton of uh, Breath of the Wild um, and like I don't know the the switch and those two games are so tied up in like how I spent that year with my friend you know what I mean um, and like that's just that's just uh, the two of us but then like you and I have also had uh, I, I don't know it's uh, that 2017 was like the year you and I turned our friendship back on basically um, so like the year was so good and having this reminder of all these games that came out during that time, uh, I don't know. It just felt great. I'm like tearing up a little bit now talking about it. Um, so if you have my life and my life experiences, I recommend <laughs> that you watch this presentation right now. It'll be very cathartic for you. <laughs> Uh, and then the the uh, other question I wanted to ask was, what do you think this portends for the next time Nintendo has hardware to announce? Um, because, hold on, I'll give a little bit more framing for it. Um, because uh, in 2011, when they revealed the, the Wii U, um, they were still doing stage presentations for E3. Uh, they had not yet moved to um, the Nintendo Direct. I believe that's not until like 2015 or 16 or something like that. Um, so, uh, but they did, you know, revive the sort of stage show to do it uh, for this reveal, not as part of E3. Do you think 
uh, a future hardware, future like mainline hardware reveal is going to come uh, in a stage show like this or in some other way. I like really hesitate to even hazard a guess because I feel like Nintendo is so unpredictable. Like, you know, we felt like we were in such a rhythm with like Nintendo directs where we were like, it's predictable. Like we know when these are going to happen. And then just like this past week, Furukawa was like, maybe we won't do Nintendo directs anymore. Like there's a time where they won't make sense for us. And it kind of blew my mind a little bit. And it's like, yeah, I have no, no idea. I, I feel like I can't even like hazard a guess. It feels like a really natural sort of like presentation in a way for them to show off new hardware. But I feel like one of the things that we appreciate about Nintendo is they're constantly like trying to do new things and sometimes it works and like sometimes it doesn't, but they're uh, just because something's worked in the past doesn't mean that that's what they're going to do again. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I I think that there are probably some ways where um, this was the show that Kimishima wanted to put on, you know, like that, like the Nintendo president is probably going to be dictating a lot of how they are uh, getting their message out there. Um, And so much of the face of Nintendo um, has changed, you know, Um, like Reggie's not there anymore. Kimishima is not there anymore. Um, And, you know, even recently we've seen the like the indie guys, um, both Kurt and Damon, uh, are, are no longer working with the company. So like, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, to your point of like, who knows if they're going to be doing directs, uh, in the future, who knows if they're going to be doing stage shows in the future, like, uh, everything, uh, the, first of all, who knows when the next hardware is going to be and who knows what it's going to be. Is it just going to be fat switch? We don't know. Um, <laughs> or is it going to be something else entirely? Uh, are they releasing like a, a game and watch? <laughs> I would love that. Um, yeah, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's a huge question mark. Um, and one of the things I love about Nintendo is that the, their history doesn't tell you anything about their future. Um, all right, Mark, uh, I think that's all we have to say about this thing. Let's close this out. But of course, I would love to know what everyone else thought of this. If you are watching along with us, uh, we would love to get your reactions. If you want to write into us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. And let us know. And even, you know, you can reach back into your own memories and uh, remember this thing. And uh, if there's anything that we missed, uh, please let us know. Um, you can also let us know on Twitter. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark's at MKA Mitchell. And the show is at Nin Cart Society. Uh, remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you like the episode, share it wherever you share stuff. Um, Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8 or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening. You shall not pass! Up listening to this new hilarious real play podcast starring a real life six year old. You see a giant red dragon and just a belch of flyer just as it flies straight towards you. And I just walk past it. <laughs> <laughs> 
check out the D&D Adventures of Coke the Kinder Giant on Campfire Media. Campfire.